This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to The Hand Cell, where interesting people tell us about books they think we should read. I'm Jen Northington, coming to you from Book Riot, and today's guest is author Amanda Jayatissa. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so excited to have you. So you are the author of the thriller My Sweet Girl, and your new book, You're Invited, has just been published, and it takes place at a lavish Sri Lankan wedding celebration that not everyone will survive. It's just come out. I've seen it compared to Crazy Rich Asians as like the bloodier version, which cracked me up. (laughs) Yeah, crazy rich Asians with the dead body thrown in. So yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's. I mean, that sounds like an interesting update to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> will you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are as a reader as well as an author? Yeah, of course. So, as a reader, I try very hard to read as widely as I possibly can, but I often find myself always gravitating towards thrillers and Mm. um, mysteries and suspense and just you know things with a sprinkling of dead bodies and (laughs) blood and horror and gore and things like that Um, (laughs) I I do tend to uh, veer towards sort of the darker side of things um, which is really funny for people that know me actually because I'm such a goofball in real life I guess just like very awkward and like always making these jokes that no one's laughing at except me and you know like hey if you can't laugh at your own jokes right um (laughs) um, yeah and um so as an author it's really not been much of a surprise that again I'm writing in this genre um I think it stems from when I was young I read a lot of mystery books Mm. um uh so a lot of sort of famous five and secret seven by this author called Enid Blyton who was very very popular in Sri Lanka where I'm from and where I uh, grew up um and so it dealt a lot with um these young kids sort of solving mysteries and things like that and I think that's where I got this idea that all books should have this mystery that it you know um centers on and uh here I am writing you know in that vein I guess um I'm also heavily influenced I read a lot of R.L. Stein Mm -hmm. when I was younger so I guess maybe I get the the dead bodies and the gore the bloody bits from him (laughs) maybe or like the fear street books yes Um, yes yeah yeah, it sounds like you come by it honestly. It's Isn't it so funny how those early reading diets can just shape our tastes forever? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Um, but I love it. And I'm, I'm very, very happy sort of 
writing and reading in this space. So yeah, well, you're not alone, right? I mean, I think thrillers uh, and mysteries are such a popular category and so interesting to to read about. And I I confess, I'm a little bit of a delicate flower. If things are too gory, I'm like, oh right. no, like I'm gonna be afraid for the next twenty years, right? So oh no, okay, so. It's so funny. Um, I'm a big, I love watching horror movies yeah. and things like that as well. Like my husband and I are big fans and it's always really awkward because we try to get our friends and family to watch <laughs> along with us and nobody wants to join. They're like, uh-uh, you're on your own. So <laughs> That's so funny. I, I have found that if it's done a specific way I can handle it and I'm still Mm -hmm. trying to I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that specific way is for myself so like (laughs) no going in but anyway I think you know I have I it is a very popular category and a really fun one and I do love thrillers when I can bring myself to read them so (laughs) I'm excited Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk to you more about them uh before we get into that let us take a quick sponsor break Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. College student Blake and her girlfriend have one goal, join the exclusive sorority that promises connections to a network of trailblazing women of color. Now, Ella's acceptance is a sure thing. She's a daughter of a Serena Society alum. After all, Blake, on the other hand, lacks Ella's pedigree and her confidence. Luckily, though really unluckily, she finds courage at the bottom of a liquor bottle. When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine, partying hard is what it takes, but with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the Critic Scott King John Steptoe Award for New Talent for We Deserve Monuments, and We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes & Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023 so suffice to say y'all should check this new one out thanks again to thirsty by jazz hammonds for sponsoring this episode today's episode is brought to you by disney books do y'all like caribbean mythology what's more a thriller inspired by caribbean mythology if you do i got something for you a must-read thriller that draws from the darkest corners of caribbean mythology from acclaimed author sarah das who crafts a chilling tale of magic murder and how far we'll go to protect what's ours it's perfect for fans of angeline Bully and tiffany d jackson so unlike other people on the small island of saint virgil selena da silva does not believe in magic she has a logical mind she likes botany she wants to study pharmacology but then her mother gets sick and she's tethered to the island and she has to make money so what does she do she cons a couple gullible tourists with these useless talismans and phony protection rituals but then one of the tourists ends up dead and at the center of a strange string of murders and the truth selena has been denying can no longer be avoided there is evil lurking in the forest that surround St. Virgil. Now to find out what that evil is, make sure to pick up It Waits in the Forest by Sarah Das. And thanks again to Disney Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so you have picked three thrillers <laughs> for us. I'm super yes, excited. They're all I contemporary. Have. Tell me about your thought process as you were deciding which books you wanted to select. It was so difficult. I, I think one of the hardest things you could tell an avid reader or a writer is, you know, pick three books. Because <laughs> I remember um, when I got the email thinking, oh, my goodness, like, how am I going to do this? So um, I just picked 
the last three books that I read that I was absolutely blown away by. Um, And, you know, so these are in no particular order or anything like that. They're just the last three books that I read that, you know, um, gave me uh, a lot of confidence issues, actually, after I finished reading them, because I was like, there's no way I could ever write anything that could compare. Um, So, yeah, Uh, (laughs) I was I was blown away by all three of them. Um, They're all a little darker, obviously, and they're all in this sort of suspense thriller vein. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also different too. Um, and, and just all of them come with this very unique sort of voice. And, and I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that's as good a system as any. It is a really hard thing to ask somebody who loves books. Yeah. Like, okay, top, top three or pick three, like how, how, yeah. and everybody, <laughs> everybody so far that has, has, that we've interviewed has had a different system. So I think yours right. is totally reasonable. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Glad Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. Why don't you tell us about your first pick? Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier is, I am going to sound really, how do I put this, not like a writer when I talk about these books, <laughs> by the way, because I'm so blown away by them that I feel that I am just running out of words, like adjectives mm. to describe them most of the time. Um, Things We Do in the Dark was so fantastic because I think, and I've always thought Jennifer Hillier is just this fantastic writer and fantastic storyteller and I've read a lot of her books in the past and I think with this one she's really kind of reached for me at least just that that pinnacle of Mm. fantastic writing fantastic storytelling um I was uh, I do this thing where every time I read a book and I really love it I kind of tell my husband the story <laughs> and um you know because because he's always like oh what are you reading and I ignore him for a good part of the day whenever <laughs> I get you know hooked on a book so I remember trying to tell him um about things we do in the dark and I just wasn't doing it justice because mm. the writing is just so rich and her imagery is so fantastic um it's about before I get ahead of myself so I'll just give you a brief intro mm. um it's about a woman uh, Paris Peralta who's married to a much older celebrity husband who is found dead in the bathtub mm. um and who's essentially bled out in his bathtub. And she sort of comes to clutching uh, this blade that they suspect is the murder weapon and is taken into custody. And she's now trying to prove her innocence. And we find out through the book how this is woven in with a murder that happened many, many, many years ago back in Canada, um, surrounded this woman named Ruby Reyes and um, how their stories are actually intertwined. Um, it was just so well written. It is very dark. Um, mm. I was talking to some of my friends about it and they were like, wow, Jennifer Hillier, she could write a dark book. And that's, <laughs> and that's true. Her books are usually very dark, but um, but still her characters are so very rich and and soft and likable and Mm. um you know we've seen I mean I'm personally I do like an unlikable character from time to time and I and I myself write a lot of unlikable characters but you know with this book there it was dealing with such dark substance but it was still the characters were so relatable and so very likable and you really just got 
drawn into this story. Even the characters that were not the main characters, you know, like the mm. more um, secondary characters, you could tell that she'd done so much of work in bringing them to life and making them so three-dimensional and real. It, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, I can gush about this book forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I do. I also love a quote unquote unlikable main character because I think, you know, lots of us are unlikable in our day to day. I find it very relatable usually, you know. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like you said, a good author can still make them feel real and understandable like even if you're like oh those are terrible choices you're making you get why they're doing it it makes sense Mm -hmm. in the context of the book and you like kind of can't look away right that's a Mm -hmm. that's I love when an author can do that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. awesome well okay let's go on to your next pick Mm -hmm. great the last housewife by Ashley Winstead I read this. This was my most recent read. And after I put it down, I just sat there for about, I think it was like a half an hour, just like staring off into the distance, thinking to myself, (laughs) oh my goodness, like what just happened? Is this, Mm. it was just, again, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal writer. Um, this book has not come out yet. So I was very lucky that I got an advanced reader copy of it. Um, and uh, it, it comes out, I think, in another three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. And, and Ashley Winstead, my goodness. Um, <laughs> she she just, again, so transportive. And, and more than that, so rich in in a completely different way. So so with Jennifer Hillier, what was so interesting was this this vivid imagery with the characters. And um, with Ashley Winstead, it was this first-person narration that really sucked me in. Mm. And it dealt with so much of um, sort of women's issues. Um, So just to give us uh, a brief sort of synopsis of this, or a brief introduction um, to The Last Housewife. Uh, it is about a woman named Shay Evans, and um, this is some sensitive subject matter that I'm going to talk about. Um, it deals with uh, suicide, so if you are sensitive to that, I suggest you skip ahead. Um, but Shay Evans finds out through a true crime podcast that her best friend from college has killed herself, and something is not quite right. And there are a few suspicious elements surrounding her death. Uh, And she decides to investigate, but to investigate means to revisit the terrible ordeal that she and her friends went through in uh, during college. Mm. Um, It deals with a cult essentially. And I don't want to give away too much more because I went into this book pretty blind, not knowing too much about what it was going to be about. And I was absolutely shocked, absolutely blown away. Um, Like I said, it uh, talks about various feminist issues. It talks a lot about agency and consent um, Mm. and what empowerment means, but it does it in a way that doesn't feel preachy or Mm. it doesn't feel like a lecture. It 
again, it's just so um, rich. And I just sat there and I took all of it in. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, goodness, like, how can it is so relatable Mm. and it is so earth shatteringly truthful Mm. and it's so scary at the same time I Mm. really hope um this book gets all the recognition that it deserves because it really touches on what it means to be a woman in this day and age Mm. uh, with all the decisions that are made for women not by women Mm. um (laughs) So it was just a really fantastic read, very timely read right now, really got me riled up and um, thinking about all the things uh, that were going on in the world today. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that does sound so timely and important. And that's an interesting thing, too. You know, I think, especially with genre fiction, Mm -hmm. a lot of us are reading both for escape right from our daily lives like most of our Mm -hmm. daily lives do not look like the lives of these characters like hopefully you know we're not exactly (laughs) like we really we're we're hoping they don't look like these lives however (laughs) you know there's also this they can they can sort of carve out a space you know for us to think about the issues that we are dealing with hopefully not Mm -hmm. under the duress of murder right but like that we are dealing with on our day to day Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It is. Um, and it's an interesting lens in which to study these issues. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost you have that safety net of being like, OK, that this is fiction. Yeah. But here's a way of framing it that makes sense to you. Um, so Ashley Winston did a fantastic job of that. Like yeah. I said, after I put it down, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, I'm still thinking about it, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, it's just not a book that can be easily summarized, but I encourage everyone to read it. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I think you sold it. Very, I mean, I'm now going to have to pick it up and find <laughs> out more. It sounds like something that would be worth the the anxiety of, of thrilleriness, right? So that's... um. I also love how more and more true crime podcasts, which are such a force, are showing up in books mm-hmm. because there's, I yeah. think there's so much crossover between the mm-hmm. true crime podcast lovers and, and thriller readers. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's been... Um... I've noticed it crop up a lot in books and I always love it also. Like, I just feel like it gives a nice background and and we're all, I mean, myself included. I I know a lot of us (laughs) are, you know, guilty of this almost. It's it's, it's funny how it's almost become like expected now that we're Mm. all just going to be listening to these true crime podcasts and and they're fantastic. I mean, there's so much research and energy put into them. It's, it's really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, but it's true. They are they are sort of uh, their own force in the in the media world these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, it's so interesting. All right, let's take another quick sponsor break. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dad 
dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Gallery Books. So Anna Green thought she was marrying Liam West for access to subsidized family housing while at UCLA, which is an interesting reason to marry someone, but you know, in this economy. So anyway, she signed divorce papers when the graduation caps were tossed and she thought she was done. Eh, she wasn't. Three years later, Anna is a starving artist living paycheck to paycheck while West is a Stanford professor. Now he is part of a conglomerate. His family owns this mega grocery store chain. He's not interested in working for them, but he is interested in those greenbacks, honey, that come in the form of a $100 million inheritance. To get it, he has to be married for five years. That's where our girl Anna comes back into play. So the two will fake a marriage, but as he gets to know her and gets to appreciate the feisty, foul-mouthed, paint-splattered girl that she is, he'll begin to wonder if the money is worth the love of his life. Pick up The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren to find out if it is. And thanks again to Gallery Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so now we get to do the fun thing and talk about your book for a minute. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk about your invited. Was there, you know, okay, well, let, let, let's give a little, will you give us your elevator pitch before I start asking you questions about it? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, it's about a woman who learns that her ex-best friend is marrying her ex-boyfriend and decides to travel to Sri Lanka where the wedding is taking place in order to stop it. Um, unfortunately for her, the bride ends up missing, presumed dead, and she's now being blamed for her murder. Um, so Amaya, that's our main character, has to get herself out of this situation. And um, in the meanwhile, this takes place in sort of Colombo society, um, high class, sort of wealthy Colombo society. Mm. Uh, and it's um, sort of uh, like we, we've said it already, sort of like a crazy rich Asians, mm -hmm. but with a little bit of murder put in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so what was the seed for this book? <laughs> uh, well, surprise, surprise, I was at a wedding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sri Lankan weddings are, are very big affairs. Regardless of what walk of life you're from, they're usually very, very big events. Um, I'm talking a minimum, absolute minimum of 100 people, anything uh, less than that. I mean, hotels don't even sell packages for weddings <laughs> for less than 100 people most of the time. And uh, so I was at one of these very grand weddings and everything was beautiful. You know, the, the bride was beautiful and the groom looked so happy and the decor was gorgeous and everything was perfect and wonderful. And then I remember I, I looked over um, accidentally almost at the groom's mother 
And I just saw her face just slip off for just a second. Like just for just a moment. She just looked so upset and irritated and tired and just all these not happy feelings, right? right. Rolled, rolled into one. And it and it was on her face for sort of just a minute, not even a minute, just like a mm. moment. And I remember thinking, I was like, man, there's so much that goes on, you know, behind the scenes of these weddings. Yeah. Um, and of course, the thriller writer in me immediately thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun if there <laughs> were, you know, a murder involved, included in this? Um, yeah. And then I started sort of thinking about, uh, you know, what I can set up. And I knew that I wanted the setting to be at one of these Sri Lankan weddings in Colombo High Society. Um and then I also, one of the other ideas that I was, that I've been thinking about, that, that I was thinking about a lot at the time, were these ideas of female friendships and friendship mm. breakups, because I feel that with romantic breakups, you see it everywhere, right? People mm-hmm. rally by your side. You're expected to put on romantic, you know, you know, romantic movies and mm-hmm. listen to love songs and eat a pint of ice cream on the couch. Right. And that's completely socially acceptable. Yeah. But um, oftentimes, you know, when friendship breakups happen, they can hurt more than romantic breakups. Yes. Can, um, at least for me, they always have. And you just don't have that sort of support or that outlet, um, even to discuss it. You know, you're friends with someone and then you're not, and you're expected to move on with your life. And how do you reconcile that? And yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of the heartbreak that goes around uh, a friendship breakup and sort of tied those two ideas in. And, and that's how we landed on your invited. Oh, I love that. I, I think you're so right. It is a really under discussed thing that happens to, I mean, I would dare say all of us, right? Like we've all Mm -hmm. lost friends in circumstances that were outside of our control. And, you know, sometimes we were the one who was ending a friendship. Sometimes we're not. And yeah, there's very little, you know, really any media about that. I don't think, I mean, I've, I've seen some books come out about it. You know, there's um, sort of famously Aminatou Sow and um, Anne Friedman, is it, uh, who wrote the book, um, Big Friendship. They mm-hmm. talk about it, but I really, I, I'm, I'm hard pressed to find, you know, too much more about it Mm -hmm. Uh, and so oh I love that I love that that's one of the one of the angles that you're exploring here Mm -hmm. thank you plus murder oh I mean you got to spice it up with murder right of course of course (laughs) there has to be a murder (laughs) that's how thrillers work yeah yeah (laughs) it is kind of a you know, one of the things that's absolutely necessary. So, oh yes, for sure, for like sure. Fixture, yeah, yeah, that's really fun. Was there anything that sort of surprised you over the course of of putting the book together that you're like, oh, I didn't think I was going to go d- down this route? I mean, not to ask for spoilers here, but you know, if there's anything non-spoilery that happened, um, I think something that did surprise me. It was it was very interesting for me writing about Colombo society because. Colombo is a really interesting place um, where, and and I always sort of, it's one of the things that I think is discussed a lot. Um, You know, you have this bubble almost of Colombo 7 society, Mm. uh, which, you know, makes up less than 1% of the whole country. And, you know, it's, they live in their own little world, but 
you know, sometimes just a street over, you see, you know, a completely different um, group of people from completely different mm. walks of life. And that um, almost like that juxtaposition has always been something that has interested me a lot. Mm. Um, mm. And the way they, you know, approach life, the way they approach the problems has been um, always something that's been interesting to me. I didn't realize how much of it would actually end up in the book until I started writing it <laughs> and um, you know and how much of uh, actual gossip that I have heard made it into the book um, you know not to you know name names but <laughs> uh, I am a little nervous about people in Colombo who would read this book sometimes and like recognize certain you know, elements that, that they might have heard <laughs> through the grapevine. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Well, that was, I mean, you know, it's already getting compared to crazy rotations. So I feel comfortable saying, you know, that's one of the things that I do love about what Kevin Kwan is doing is he's tackling class issues mm -hmm. as well as you know giving us this frothy you know gossipy fun sort of situation so I think that makes perfect sense right like it's mm -hmm. it's sort of inescapable if you're going to talk about the elite or at least I would hope it would be inescapable if you're going to talk about the elite mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah well hopefully nobody gets to uh bent out of shape about <laughs> what gets hey. into the book hopefully they'll be distracted by the <laughs> by the murder and that's right that's <laughs> right it's just about the murder it's just about the murder yeah. oh I love it uh all right all right well that just sounds like so much fun and um I'm looking forward to picking it up and I'm sure everybody else will be as well uh all right let's talk let's talk about your last book someone else's life by Lynn Lear Butler was a quick read for me because I didn't do anything else if I ignored the rest <laughs> of my day. I just did not put it down uh, from start to finish until I was done. Um, wow. Because I feel that she is so fantastic at really building up suspense. Um, so someone else's life is about a woman. Her name is Annie Lynn. Um, she lived, I believe, in New York and she uh, went through a really rough patch in her life. Uh, I think her dance studio went out of business. Um, her mother and her dog died in the same year, which was mm. obviously very distressing. And then her young son um, had kind of a very traumatic accident. And then you know, looking for a fresh start, her husband and her and her son moved um, to Hawaii, uh, to Hawaii, to, to Kauai. And, mm. you know, they're looking to start up this new life. But, you know, little bits of her past keep sneaking into her new life in a way that you're not quite sure if she's being unreliable because she's drinking a lot um, mm. or you know or just someone with a more sort of sinister uh, intention is trying to mess with her a little bit so she's she's growing increasingly suspicious and as that is going along um, there's a stranger who knocks on her door because her this lady's car has now broken down um, close to a house and there's a storm brewing and you know this lady comes in and, and she, she invites this lady inside um, despite her husband's warning sort of not to mm. um, she invites this lady inside because there's a the storm that 
you know, builds up until, you know, it is very dangerous to go outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's stuck with this lady in the house. And then she starts questioning this lady's intentions. Mm. Um, so it's very much a play on this stranger in the house trope. And it takes place just over a few hours of you know her inviting this lady in and what unfolds. And my body literally ached after reading this oh. book because I didn't realize that I was just in a full body tense oh, the gosh. entire time, like forgetting to breathe sometimes <laughs> just because you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and you know, Lynn Butler, she does this fantastic job where she intersperses, um, you know, these very intense moments with, you know, talk about food, um, which I don't know if you've read any of her other books, but it's almost one of her signatures is where mm. she, she talks about food, which you know gets me every time. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, so she takes these little breaks. So you have these little moments of reprieve and then you go back into just again oh my goodness like did that just happen hey wait did this lady say something like what does she mean and mm. you're you're reading you know that this um as the main character as annie lynn's paranoia um increases so does yours um <laughs> and uh it, it was just such a it's so well told uh, for me because it's different from a lot of the other um, thrillers and suspense novels that I've read in that it just takes place over a very short period Mm -hmm. of time and really really grips you from beginning to end and I think that's just a testament to how good a writer Linnea Butler is. Yes, yes. I I was just going to say that's one of my one of my favorite, you know, sort of writer tropes is when a book takes place over a very short period of time. Like that's mm-hmm. there's something so interesting and satisfying about yeah. that. And I do also love A Dark and Stormy Night. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie, right? It's are- literally like it's a dark and stormy night. There's a stranger in your house. You're starting to question their motives. What do you do? Oh, I just got chills. I literally yeah. have goosebumps right now. <laughs> that sounds like when I'll have to like gird my, maybe I'll read it in the daytime, like somewhere in a hammock. Yeah. or like the most peaceful <laughs> setting I can find. To... But no, and that's the irony of this is that like the book is set in Kauai, which is, mm. you know, this, this beautiful tropical paradise. Right. And she shows this like different side to it almost. Yes. Um, I was just, so good. Oh, I do also love when food is in a book. So you're really you're yeah. really selling this one to me particular. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm very <laughs> compelled by your description of this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I remember <sighs> reading it and I'm like, hmm, I wish I could have all this food. And I live in Sri Lanka, yes, right? There's yes. no way I'm going to get Hawaiian food right. over here. So I was just like looking at it. My mouth is watering. Oh. You know, you're like looking around. Um, I remember finishing the book and like looking around my house and I yes. only had like biscuits or like oh. you know, lame like really really boring food that doesn't oh. yeah so yeah that's you do have to like stock up your pantry before starting certain books because otherwise yes you're just going to be so sad when you when you finished reading oh yeah (laughs) that's what happened to me Uh, do we need to stock up our pantries for your book are there any like foods in your book are you a foodie does that show up in your work oh you know it's it's so ironic that it doesn't Mm. um for me I mean there are maybe one or two scenes where we discuss sort of 
food, but not in a mm-hmm. way that would make you hungry, I would think, which is very actually that you bring it up, which is very strange because I am really, really obsessed with food. <laughs> <laughs> and also Sri Lankan food is fantastic. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just that I, I think what happened with your invited is that my main character, um, Amaya, is she's quite anxious through the book Mm. and because of that isn't so keen on eating herself so in that way we differ a lot because when I'm anxious I just want to eat all the food Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah she's not that interested in eating Mm. because obviously her nerves are doing a number on her um and yes the so food didn't make it into the book as much as it it should have Quite well, sad, actually. something for something for your next book maybe yeah, a little, a little more sure. food writing that can make us all crave food we cannot have <laughs> <laughs> yeah well Sri Lankan food is really really fantastic but very hard to come by in the in the U.S. so yeah yeah, yeah. get it <laughs> all right well this has been so much fun these books sound amazing as does yours um again this has been amanda jayathissa the book is your invited now available wherever books are sold amanda thank you so much for joining us this has been really a pleasure oh once again thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure to um talk about books and especially with a fellow foodie so (laughs) (laughs) yes yes I am gonna now I'm like I'm hungry for foods I haven't even thought about in a long time so that's what that's what talking about it can do yeah now I'm thinking about food and it's 11 30 at night where I am so there's no chance I can get anything good (laughs) oh well yeah exactly (laughs) um Amanda where should people follow you uh, on the internet if they're interested in hearing more from you Sure, it's pretty easy. All my social media handles are exactly the same. It's just my full name, Amanda Jayathissa. Um, so it's, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, um, on Facebook, on TikTok, <laughs> uh, um, where I'm not very active, unfortunately. Um, and my website's amandajayathissa.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And thank you all so much for listening as always. And we hope you will continue to send us your feedback at getbookedepigriot.com. If you want more recommendations, including thriller recommendations and or thrillers with food, I I bet we have posts about that. Um, You can check out bookriot.com. You can find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. As always, if you'll leave us a rating or a review on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever it helps other people to find the show. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.